0: want to take today to focus a little bit on what we were, what we started this time of worship with. Could you just put that first song that we sang up, Awaken My Heart. Um, now we've been, since we started this year, we've, we've been working with a theme for this year called uh, The Marks of a Church in Transformation. Now, we, we, I mean, we've gone through quite a bit of it of talking about how it's not a it's not necessarily a done deal. Like I got, I received Jesus as my Savior, and yay, punched my golden ticket. I'm going home. No, he says there is life for you to live. There are things that I want to see transformed in you. So it's not a done deal as in, ping, you're done, you're cooked. Let's let's move you on. It's him saying I have saved you out of darkness and now there is a walk to be walked. There's a life to be lived. And as as you walk along this life, he says, I'm taking things out. Things of this old nature of yours, which has been put to death. Okay, We'll talk a little bit about that because this is so significant about what happened when Jesus rose from the dead. But there is something totally new at work in you. And he says, I want more and more of that to bear out in how you live. So, when we finally come to the final day of the resurrection, which is when we receive our new bodies, right? there is something that is already at work in us. We have been transformed from one degree of glory to the next. Okay, So, that's what we are... This journey we are on as Word of Grace is this constant thing of not saying we've arrived, we've got there, we all have it down, but a constant change... Not for the sake of change, but a constant change towards maturity. And just when you think you're mature in one area, God will add someone to our midst who's totally immature in that area. And then we have to start going back over those basics again. And those of us who think we're mature, will be like, Oh, I didn't didn't see it that way. And we start to grow into maturity even further. So do you understand? So when you feel like you've been there, done it, got the t-shirt and all the the little knickknacks and souvenirs from that place, go back again. Because there is so much, there is such a depth to the work of God in our lives that we should never get used to it. Never get used to it or familiar in that sense, if you understand what I mean. Don't get over-familiar with the things God does in your life. Because there is always something new He's saying, I want you to stretch further. So today, I really want to work with this concept over here which is in this first song. I don't know if Wallace knew that I was going to be preaching on this, but hey, it's wonderful. It's called, Awaken My Heart to Love and Adore You, Oh My God. Awaken My Heart to Pour Out Before You. It's a heart that is so sensitive, so in touch. That is, um, in love terms, those of us who have ever fallen in love will know that there is a sensitivity, there is a, something that pricks you when they are hurt or when they, are, um, when they have something going on in their heart. You're aware of it. And when you're not aware of it, you're aware that you've drifted. Do you, do you understand what I mean? So, it's, it, love often draws us to a place of feeling the heartbeat of the other person. Awaken me to know your love and to love you in return freely flowing from an awakened heart and so that's my prayer that we as a church grow again not from being having arrived but in constantly growing in this lord awaken our hearts even more if we are people who say yes you know from the first thing in the morning my heart is so sensitive to listening to the voice of god and i want to be a person who can freely offer and pour out my heart of love to god that's wonderful Keep growing. Keep going. Okay? So for those of you who have never ever considered any of this, it's a great day to start. Right? Isn't that wonderful? That we never get um, level certification. A walk with God doesn't come with level certification. You've graduated level one, on to level two, you don't need to deal with level one ever again. Uh Uh-uh. Even if you grow, which maturity does happen, He will always say, let's go back to level one today. God might just totally do that to you. I love that. There are times in worship where God, um, for those of you who are not aware of, just previously I used to be someone who led more as a worship leader. And there would be times where God would literally strip everything back in my times of worship with God and He'd say, no, just start here and just stay there. I'd be like, but this is what I see and this is, and He's like, no, no, just come back here. And oftentimes, you'll find when God does that in a church, it's so beautiful. Because God sometimes gets us to loop back on something that we think, I know that one. And just when you hear it and you're about to write in your notebook, I know that one. God says, I want to awaken you to something new. So that's what I would really ask of you today. As we spend these few minutes just going through... The power of what the resurrection of Jesus has done. That you are someone who comes out of this death lifestyle which is at work in us, in our bodies, and we embrace more of the life that God has called us to. Amen? Amen. Alright. If you, if you were here with us a few weeks ago, Bob was talking about God has called us out of something and into something. There's always an out of and into aspect to the salvation of God. He never just pulled you out of your sin. He never just saved you from your troubles. He saved you out of it and into something. So the question always to ask is, what have I been brought into? So you have been brought from death, out of death, and into the life of God. That's what this day is about. When we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus, we are celebrating not just that Jesus has new life, but that I have been brought into new life. Yeah? That's why it is so relevant. It's not just a fancy holiday where we get to dress up a little bit and do something with family. It is a day where we get to say, Lord, you not only took my place of punishment, But you, when you rose, you took me with you. How many of you were here for the baptisms a few weeks ago? Wasn't that amazing? That is a clear picture there, right there for you. It's saying, I have been crucified with Christ and I have been baptized into that death. So now when I come up, I'm coming up as Jesus coming back out. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead... Guess where he is? Big news. Big news. The Holy Spirit is available, but not just available. And this is something that I believe the modern church has failed in. We talk about the Holy Spirit as an available help, but not as a necessary help. The Holy Spirit is not just here to make enlightenment sound a little bit more spiritual. The Holy Spirit is here to literally take every single thing that Jesus has done, every single thing that Jesus has accomplished and open it up. And not only just show you, but He says, come, let me show you how this works. It's one thing for me to take my son Levi and say, son, I'm so thrilled that you want to spend time with me. Let's go. I'll... Let's take Ikea furniture, okay? because I'm not that great of a carpenter. So, Ikea furniture, putting it together. Okay, So, we open the manual and I say, here, look, this is how it's done. And he says, wow. He can say, wow, and that's it. Or, we could actually go ahead and build the thing. Now, that's where the Christian life, really, that's where the rubber hits the road. We are often quite happy to sit in these lovely little chairs here, and go like, yeah, mm, yeah, that's 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 a oh, that's wonderful, that's powerful. Okay, now, do you have Holy Spirit? For that same thing that whatever it was, that nugget that you got and go, mm, yeah, wow. To say, Holy Spirit, I come to you right now. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, is here with me. That's what we are celebrating today, right? That same spirit, all those years ago, that raised Jesus from the dead, is here to give life to you. That's what we are celebrating. So my appeal to you today is, if you are sleeping... It's time for you to wake up. Or if in a certain part of your life, you have let things fall asleep. Yeah, you know, this is a bit too messy to deal with right now. I'll just let that be. I'm okay with doing a devotional. I'm okay with worship like this. We all have our styles, our preferences. We all, And that's fine. All of these things are fine. Until God brings you into something new. What happens when God moves? It's one thing for a pastor, or a church, or leaders, or your father, or your mother. For those of you kids, it's one thing for you to listen to what someone else is doing. But what about when God speaks to you? What about when God is on the move? Am I awakened to move when he moves? Or am I, this is not how I'm used to doing this. That's how we all feel, me included. This morning, I was definitely not feeling like worship. (laughs) And there is a time when God says, I want you to come and not just see the manual, I want you to see that this manual has something that has a life. I can can give you something and show you how it works. So when we say, oh, the Lord is my strength, the Lord is my help, all of these, you can find it in the Bible, right? The issue is, do you see that working in your life when you really need help? When you're facing that difficult math test, or for those of you in school, something's happening in in your class, and you're saying, I need help right now. Do you get help or not? If you're not getting help, let's deal with that. How do we let the truth of what God has done make its way into the way we live our daily life? So whether you're a teenager here, whether you're a kid here, or whether you've been walking with Jesus for many years or a few years, I don't care where you're at. The issue is, does the truth that the Bible talks about has Christ been able to shine on those situations? Or is it still asleep? I'm comfortable with this much? I can work with this. Or are you letting Christ and the the, the phrase there, I mean, and this is also for those of you who know the ironic blessing, which is when Aaron blessed the people, he says, May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you. Okay, now that phrase is referenced in, in portion here. Let Christ shine upon you. And the concept there is like the rising of a new dawn. It doesn't just... It's not just like this one... Like you hit the on switch and it shines on you. It's like, let it dawn on you in ever increasing measure. Till it's bright as the, as the noonday. That's the, that's the picture there. So it starts with, you see that sun rising off. Have you ever seen a beautiful sunrise? And you see it starts off with this, just this beautiful glow. The sky lights up in amazing colors. And then before you know it, it's this white hot ball that everything around it is just in bright light. But God doesn't go around shining the white hot light of himself into different places. He says, I'm going to do that in, in context with your submission and awakening to me. Because we just get, get burned up. If, if I were to just shine, if Jesus were to shine every single thing in your life, and Bob talked about this, if he were to bring up every single thing that isn't in line with where he wants you to be, right off the bat, straight away, right now, you and I would just lose heart. But He is a good Father. He comes alongside us and He says, No, that I'm going to bring you into. The fullness you already have, you have me. But I will continue to show more of myself to you as you walk with me. I don't need to show you how, I mean, I don't need to show my five-year-old how to do accounting. There is a time for that. If he doesn't know, by the time he leaves my home, if he doesn't know how to do basic financial management, I wouldn't have done well as a father to train him. So, if there are certain things that I need to do, I don't just throw it all on him saying, well, you're my son, right? So, you have my blood, you have my life, so therefore, all of my life should be seen in you, period. That's how some Christians treat fellow Christians. They have a portion of the life of God working in them and they see someone else who is not there yet and they're like, well, you should be there. Why aren't you there? Catch up already. And that's where you need to realize we have a good, merciful merciful Father. So we need to be patient with one another, bearing with one another in love as God grows us together as the church. Amen? So, I want to just focus on this aspect of Jesus' resurrection. He is the source of eternal life. Bob, did you cover this? So when you... When Jesus says... When He took our thirst... When He says, Anyone who is thirsty who comes and drinks... I will give them and they will never thirst... The water I give them will become in them a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. And anyone who has been here for a little while knows this verse, John seventeen three. What is eternal life? That we, that we might know Him and the one He sent, Jesus Christ. So whenever you think eternal life, stop thinking pearly gates and gold streets. Part of it, but not the main deal. The main deal of eternal life is knowing Him. him. So, especially you younger kids, because you will have people talking to you about heaven and eternal life a lot. So, if there is one thing I want you to remember, one thing that you can go away with today, eternal life is knowing Jesus. If there is one thing that I want you to understand, it is not about going to heaven. Going to heaven is the fun playground you get to go to, in that sense. The reality of it is you get to spend time knowing Jesus. Yes? Alright. So for those of you, whether you're a kid or an adult, that is something I really want you to grab a hold of. That Jesus is the source. He's the very source of eternal life. He says, anyone who comes to Him, He will give to drink. He took on not just our affirmities; He did not just take our sins. He gave us in return water without cost. He says, come. If you will come, He will give it to you. So today, wherever you're sitting, if you have not walked with Jesus, if you don't know Jesus, the offer still stands. He says, I have living water for you. Secondly, I really want to talk about the fact that Jesus is a sure hope. Why the resurrection matters? Because it's not just him being able to give life and take life, but the fact that he defeated the final foe of death. Now, there are many of us in this church who have encountered... Don't worry about reading that. I will read it for you. There are many of us in this church who have encountered pretty hard sorrow in our families. We've met with tragedy. We've met with all kinds of things where we've lost loved ones. We've not been able to necessarily see certain things go our way in that sense. But in all these things, we have a sure hope. Why does the resurrection matter? Why Does Jesus raising from the dead matter? It's because of this. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Who through faith are shielded by God's power. Until the coming of the salvation. That is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you might have had to suffer grief. In all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith. Of greater, is of greater worth than gold. Which perishes even though refined by fire may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed on the last day. So there is a beautiful mystery that God is unveiling when He says, I've not only conquered death, I've raised those now to life. And it is untarnished, it is not, it doesn't have any of the stink or stain. That we would associate with this earthly life. When you talk about living life to the fullest. Jesus is the fullest of life. Anyone. Whether they are a little child. Or an old, old person who has walked with God for many years. Anyone who has received Christ. Has lived a full life. This is something that is such a reassurance for me. Whenever I consider the brevity of life, the the fragility of everything that I have around me, I have to consider, Jesus conquered not only the things that are my worst fears, He turned it into a place of saying, now this is a cause for great rejoicing. Because you are no longer bound to a body of sin. But there is, what does it say there? An inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That is being preserved for you. For who? Anyone, anyone who believes in Jesus. Anyone who believes in Jesus. So, my, 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 my encouragement to you this morning if you have never put your hope in Jesus, It is the surest investment you will ever, ever make. And this is, even though it's a sober thought, I would ask you, if your life is required of you today, where is your hope? Do you have a sure hope, or a hope that's an iffy hope? maybe, I don't know. I did the church thing. I don't care if you did the church thing or not. The issue is, do you believe in Jesus? That's what this day is about. So every single time I say, that's what this day is about, I'm really talking about something that has nothing to do with the celebration called Easter. I'm talking about a reality that your life depends on. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, what you are believing is in vain. Because you are still in your sin. You're still stuck there if Jesus did not raise you to new life. So what I'm saying is not just an Easter message. I'm, ta- I'm saying this is an opportunity for you to respond to God. And this is my final thing I want to talk about. Jesus Himself is the resurrection and the life. We all know this verse. Jesus said in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Put the word eternal there. I am the way, the truth, and the eternal life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So guess what? If you're coming out of something and into something, who are you going through? There is no way else. He says, I am the gate. Anyone who comes through me, I will receive into my fold. And I will, they will go out and they will come back and I will receive them. This is Jesus, the good shepherd, talking. So as a shepherd of this little flock here, who am I? Who is the shepherd of this church? Jesus is the shepherd. So when we constantly, rather than put our eyes and our focus and our attentions on who, who is the next best person that I can listen to, please, I urge you, look at your shepherd. Look at the one who leads you out and brings you back in. If you keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, and I'm telling you, no matter what, how, however uh, good or bad, our earthly leaders and parents, or people that we trust are, our shepherd will lead us. So especially for you young kids, be children who learn to hear the voice of Jesus. And it's super simple. I know there are some adults also who think it's complicated. It's super simple. Jesus, you have said... That your sheep will hear your voice. And I am someone who follows you. I want to hear your voice. Speak to me. Simple. Don't overcomplicate it. And God will take that genuine request. And the Holy Spirit... Now, do you understand why I said the Holy Spirit is not just an available help? He is a necessary, fundamental, necessary help. So, no matter where you are in your walk with God, you don't have to reach level 10 before you start hearing the voice of God. He says, right from the infants and babes in Christ, he says, the moment you receive me, he says you will hear my voice. I will lead you. I can assure you, I have never heard the voice of God clearer clearer than I did when I was six years old. I remember sitting in my bed as clear as day, hearing the voice of God. Since then, I've heard the Lord through the scripture, and other ways, and He has also spoken to me audibly, but... Nothing that rivaled that experience. And I was like a little kid who literally knew nothing. So if God can do that to nothing kids who cannot understand anything else, the deeper things of all this doctrine that we throw out and all of that, if God can speak to someone as simple as that, how much more should we who have gone on in the faith and studied the wonderful things in God's Word Have a heart that says, awaken my heart to know and love you, oh my God. That I might freely love you from a heart that is constantly in contact with you. That's my cry and that's my urge for you. And Jesus, this is, he's talking to Martha over here. Lazarus had just died. And Jesus arrives several days late. And Martha is very... Her heart is more calm about this in, in one sense. She says, Lord, I do know that on the final day, he will, you will, he will be raised to life. So she has that hope. But Jesus says, that's what Jesus says. He says, well, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. And the one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me, will never die. Beat that. Do you believe this? That question is being posed to you today too. Do you believe this? It's one thing for you to expect, that when you physically die, that you will be raised to a new life. Do you believe that right now where you sit, death can be worked out of you by responding to the work of God? Right now. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. If you come to me, if you believe in me, I will give you life. That is what Bob was talking about on Good Friday. The thirst that dryness he says i can replace that right away if there is a thirst i have taken that place of dryness so that you can have the water of life in abundance and i'm not going to say i ah, you've done, i'm done with your ration for today he says you can have as much of me as you want i have something in my office which i put on my wall i don't know how many of you know the guy called eric little he was a runner a scottish runner uh, it, Many people know the movie, Chariots of Fire. Okay, it's about that guy. And, the, and he was a Scottish minister. He was a pastor for a little while. And he, there was a phrase that he had. He says, you will only have as much of God as you're willing to put into practice. And it, I never heard it said that way before. It's not about how much I'm willing to put down in notebooks. Or how much I'm willing to go, hmm, yeah, hmm, nice, hmm, oh, powerful. We all love that. Church is all about that. But then the rubber hits the road. And I'm like, that part of God, let me just stay clear of that. And God says, well, that's where I am. So you will only have as much of God as you're willing to put into practice. So when He says, stretch stretch forth your hand and lay hands on the sick, I don't do that thing. It's not my personality. Well, I'm sure it's not yours. That's why it's all him. Do you understand? So there are certain things that while understanding our human frame, which we must completely not try and mishmash around, stay within your lane, please. But in understanding that the power of God is unrivaled. When God shows up, you can put any number of boxes around anyone, and He will blow those boxes out of the water. So the moment God steps into the room and He says, Daughter, my son, I want you to do this. Guess what? If He's asking you to do something, He will equip you for it. Life comes that way. It comes. He Now, I wouldn't just... Take that IKEA manual and say, Well Levi, guess what? This is only this is about practice, so here are the tools, go ahead. He says, I'm not just gonna throw a toolkit at you and a book and say, Well figure it out. I'm gonna stay there with you. If there if you're at a place where you can barely turn a screwdriver straight, I will I will get you holding screws for me while I do the turning. Or I'll get you to hold a piece of a plank up or Depending on where you're at, your good Father will bring you along. You don't have to sit there saying, Oh, well, I'm a Christian. I I should be building cabinets by now. (laughs) He says, let me work with where you're at. And life grows in ever-increasing glory. Amen? Amen? So this is my appeal to you. That if you have not responded to Jesus... To choose life this morning. We are all familiar with this passage. And it's said many times. But it's in the context of Jesus being raised up. As with the Israelites. When they raised up that serpent. Anyone who looked upon that serpent. Was healed. Like that. Anyone. Who looks upon Jesus who sees Him clearly, anyone who wakes up up from their slumber and says, I have seen the risen Lord. That's what I want for you this morning. That everyone who believes may have eternal life in Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have Eternal life. A life knowing Him. A life meeting with Him. A life where God is not distant. A life where you're not figuring out whether God will show up. That is eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Now underline this word. Who Ever. Regardless of your condition. Regardless of where you've been. Regardless of your family history. Regardless of whatever else. Whoever believes in him. Is not condemned. But whoever. Again. Underline that. It applies both ways. Does not believe. Stands condemned already. Because they have not believed. In the name of God's one and only Son, so what I have for you this morning is not necessarily the the funnest or the most delightful Easter message, but it is for your own good It's because if you if if your response to the resurrection of Jesus is yeah, yeah, I mean maybe I don't know. It demands a response. You and I don't get to sit on the fence. I don't know, I mean, it could be metaphorical, it could be, you know, like like newness of life, you wake up in the morning, you know, that kind of thing, brand new day. No, no. We're talking about an old person having to be put to death. Anyone who saw me baptizing, uh, Will, were worried whether he would ever come back up. But, When you are raised to new life, you are not bringing yourself. We are expecting God in His fullness to raise you to life, to walk with Him. What Jesus did when He rose was literally defeat the last foe that we had, the last enemy that we had, which was death itself. And it's almost like a joke. Tell me, death, where is your sting? Where is your victory? If that was the one thing the enemy had on us, was we had a ticking time clock. So fill it up with yourself. That is what you see the world do. Life is short. Enjoy it. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. Or, regardless of your estate, regardless of where you where you sit right now, you can live a full life this very day. You know how we have the thirty day shred and the insanity workouts and all of that. You know, within this month, we'll give you a ripped abs and everything. You know, all of those things. I can do better. Right today, I can give you a full life. Not me. That is on offer. And it is not because of anything we do. It is because of what He has done. Do you see what I am saying? I am appealing to you to look at the cross and respond. To look at the resurrection of Jesus from the dead and respond. Don't be apathetic to it. Because now you have heard. Now it is for you to go and search the scriptures if you are interested, if you have never responded to this truth, say, I need Jesus in my life. Because I need to have a sure hope. I need to have the source of eternal life and come to it. I cannot be apart from the source. So if you have life for me today, mind you, I'm talking about something that has nothing to do with what we call heaven. That is a side story. What I am talking about is living with God every single day. Right now. The fullness of life can start right now. For those of you who have already been there, the fullness of of life in greater measure right now. Don't ever sit idle. In the salvation that God has given us, there is no such thing as a lounge. You don't get to sit around and say, "Oh, let me just wait. He says, there are things I want you to be doing. This is what Jesus' biggest concern was growing up as a young man. He said, he always had his father's mind in view. And he says, there is much that my father has for me to do. I cannot just sit around. He did not shirk on his duties that his earthly father gave him. But at the same time, his heart was beating out of his chest. There is something my father wants me to do. My question to you is, is your heart awakened to the reality of the gospel of God to that extent? Where you are saying, when you wake up, there is something my father has for me to do. Rather than, there is something I have for my father to do. Which is how we start most days. That should sober you up. We, a lot of us start our days by giving our Father a list of things. If you can sort these things out. We're good. I'll meet you in the evening. And I would really urge you, and this is something that I, has been speaking to me over the past few days. I've had so many things just happening all around me. And I I don't know whether it's day, night, what's happening. And then I have to decide, am I just going to sit into... uh, Just for those of you who are not aware, I I had gone to see my my little brother get married. And in in all of that, I can get into wedding mode. I'm at a wedding. I'm here to relax. There is the sunset. There is the beach. That's just all... Dial it all back. While that's good in one sense, there's things my Father has for me to do. And I can settle into, I mean myself, I need some time, I need this, I need... Well, I understand what we would mean when we say that. Awaken my heart, Lord. And whatever I'm doing, whether I'm relaxing, whether I'm spending time with my family, whether it's at a wedding ceremony, whatever it is, there is always the one who walks into the room and says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me can have life right now. So Judah, what's your excuse? You do not have because you do not ask. So my appeal to you this morning is ask. Can we ask together? So if you have never received Jesus as your Savior, if you do not know Jesus as your Lord, I would, I would start there. I would ask you to, if, with, if we could all bow our heads, if we could just pray. And I would, uh, I w- I would urge you, if you have never prayed this before, to pray with me. And we're going to receive and ask that Jesus would come and be the Lord of our lives. For those of you who are already people who believe in Jesus, dedicate your heart and say, Lord, open, awaken my heart to see you in all your glory. Show me more, Lord. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you For sending your son. Lord Jesus. I invite you. To come. And be Lord. Over my life. To be my savior. Not just for my sin. But from every part. Lord for every single day. That you would save me continually. That you would be my Lord continually. Holy Spirit, I invite you to be my teacher and my guide. To show me the things I don't understand fully yet. But what I do know, Lord, I yield to you. And I ask that you would guide me. Show me things in the Word of God. Show me things from your heart that I might walk with you. That my heart would be sensitive to respond to you every single day of my life. Teach me to be a disciple. I am listening and I want to do what you do too. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer with me for the first time, um, I would say, could you just go grab one of those blue cards in the back